Podcasting with Kerry Jones. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's podcast. I hope you're all able to get out and are catching plenty of fish. I've had a busy week, starting with some bass fishing with Devon angler Lewis Henry, a great guy. Guess you missed it, tune in to last week's episode. I then travelled to Hampshire to meet up with two lovely people, Jilly Bate on the River Test and Peter Cockwell down at Diva Springs. I wasn't fishing at these venues, just doing some photography. And both these features will be in the upcoming summer issue of the Fly Fishing Journal. It's been a bit of a marathon, as I then travelled up to Rutland Water for a three-day trip with some friends. Fishing was tough, but I did manage to catch a few each day on Suspender Hairs Journey. The last day, however, I targeted the Big Browns, and I did manage to get actually another spiky for the week. But this time, a big perch, around about three pounds. And it was here, while I was at Rutland, I decided to have a chat with my guest for this week's episode. He has been an Anglian water ranger for 30 years, and he has caught both big rainbows and browns during that time, but mostly by fishing his preferred and most successful method of fishing the floating fry pattern, usually at the back end of the season and other roach and perch imitations which he has. And on this episode, he also talks of what to expect the next few weeks, including the pin fry, and gives his choice of flies to bring success. Welcome to my chat with Nigel Savage. It's good to meet you, Nigel, again. Yeah, for once we're both sitting down, not standing up. I know. You go either way fishing or whatever. Just yeah. getting away fishing sometimes. And you're a so, such a busy man. Every time I see you, you're sort of like going from one place to the other. Yeah. And uh, being as you're a ranger here. Yeah. How many years have you been here? Uh, Starting 92. Three years? 30 years? 30 years? Yeah. Jesus. Because I remember your face way back. Because you started doing stuff quite... Early on, didn't you, in the intro fisherman? Yeah, I was asked to do articles. I've never wanted to push myself fishing, but people asked me, I said, look, I said, if you want, to do, want me to do an article with you, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you. Yeah. And, and you still uh, do much now? Articles for No, I mean, the, the, the sadly, the trout magazine seems to have slowed down a bit, and of course, yeah. I've, I've changed me, not sex, but I've changed me, the targets for my pike fishing. I still love my trout, trout fishing. I'll go from, like, five and six weight, rods for trout and then ten weights for the pike. So yeah, you do like your pike, don't you? Yeah, it's uh, it's always been a fascinating species for me personally, but um, it's just getting them on the fly and feeling something, you know, substantial, grab yeah. onto the fly line and tie it up the way you go. I'll get onto the pike in a minute, but one, one thing yeah. I want to start with, when I, it's been a tough day today, like I've been out since, I don't know, about 10 o'clock and it's yeah. sweltering heat, but did manage to get a few fish. But as we were coming in now, just before you come into the harbour there, I saw this fish on the surface. Right. And then we netted it, and it was half alive. And um, I'll have to show you the picture of it, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah. It's a brown, and you could tell it wasn't... It was brown about four, about five pound plus. Yeah. But it's easy to see, plain to see, 
it, it's like you can put the hand in it. Mm. And I didn't, and click you, until you said it was probably an osprey, and that made sense to me. Yeah, I've seen a fish before like that. Obviously, the, the, the talent of an osprey impressive, to say the least. And uh, if it's like a, a grip hold, there's no other... You can put your fingers in it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, when, you first, when you first mentioned you saw this brown trout floundering, I thought somebody had hooked it and played it for far too long. But then you mentioned the hole straight away, I thought, osprey. Because I don't think ospreys dive down, do they? No, they're more. They, they, I mean, they've got the the or like clawed version of drones where they can see they're up above and they can yeah. see the fish. Around I'm the surprised there's a brown. Yeah, you wouldn't think a brown would be up on the, on the top. Well, of this after the, this season, every year is different, as you probably appreciate. But this year has been truly remarkable as regards these fish feeding the surface and uh, for the local dry fly enthusiasts and uh, nymph fishermen it's been a superb year with fish rising taking these shrimp in such shallow shallow water well while i saw you briefly before i headed out this morning you were saying just that mm. to head for the the sides yeah and uh because we went we went up to the pipe yeah blue pipe yeah and we drifted down the east wind drift down to um no mountain church, yeah. but there's bushes before, isn't I know, it? I know it that. slowed down after that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It goes one for some reason. It's, it's deeper, just, isn't it? It's just slightly deeper. That's all. Yeah. It seems to be magnetically drawn to like between a foot and three foot. But they draw fish further out. But, yeah. yeah. It's just magnetic yeah. to to fish for them as well. Funny thing, what I found was like there were fish literally two, three foot off the shore, mm. and then but they were boiling and rising. Yeah. And I was covering them, but it wasn't getting no response. No. But if I was covering 30, 20 to 30 foot out, they were coming. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know. So yeah. I managed to pull uh, two quite quickly. Yeah. Um, on dries. I tried the nymphs first of all. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can see when I said I would stick the nymphs on, you would probably didn't want to say, but I could see you were saying you should be pulling dries on. Yeah, I would. I would um, if, if I see a rising fish, nine times out of ten, I'll stick yeah. a dry on. I'd, I'd, I'd even forsake the nymphs which I used to look yeah. at fishing but no great sight than seeing a fish come to your fly roll over it. What I can't figure out was you're saying they fish it they're feeding on the the shrimp hmm. but they're on the surface aren't they? Yeah I mean I've not witnessed it personally but an angler the other week said he saw this shrimp dart into the surface for some reason. Yeah. You see that sort of trout come up and take it and roll back down but the the, the, the take is so gentle it's not aggressive. It is yeah. It's not as if it's like a cricks of food where they're going all over the place. The shrimp was making like a steady rise, and then the fish partakes and grabs yeah. all basically. So after about um, well, was it about an hour down there, the fish I was having there was sort of about one pound ten, one twelve, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And then we decided to move, and we went up to um, Old Hall Bay because you yeah. mentioned Old Hall Bay. Yeah. Went there and straight away bang into a fish, but that was a good two pounder. Mm. Then another one, mm -hmm. then another one. Mm -hmm. So th they were a different different stamp of fish, but they weren't showing. They were like. You're just fishing dries and they would come. You're obviously in, in, in depths, not not yes. great depths, but like 10 times deeper than what those fish are on the Normanton yeah. Bank because those, some of those fish on the Normanton Bank, uh, when I've been there, you've seen these great big spade tails of browns moving and it's it's it's, it's like jaw dropping. Is it going to take the fly or not? And, and then sometimes you hit one and it just goes screaming off. I haven't caught any of these massive rainbows there, but so I've had, I've had you know, not, not huge brown for a rotten, don't get me wrong, not being blase but they're you know, six pound plus fish and five pound plus fish and it's always a mystique of what fish you're going to turn up next and sometimes you see these big square tails come up and 
big gap between the nose, yeah. dorsal, then the tail fin, you think? Yeah, it's a big fish. The thing is, I, I think probably, and you mentioned earlier, is either fish early morning or the evening last light on the bank, because all those fish today would have been covered easily, couldn't they? Yeah, um, the, the, the thing is, if, if they're what these people have told me, because I put my fish back, what they've um, killed, they've got either shrimp in them or snails. Now, it's not as if there's a hatch going on. These, these shrimp are there all the time. And this, this movement they're occurring, while they come to the surface, I don't know. I'm not saying, like, I'm not actually seeing a shrimp come to the surface, but these head and tail rise and, and the, the shrimps and fish feeding shrimp uh, seem to go together. But um, The guy was prepared when I came up there, sir. In fact, there was time flies last night in the accommodation in Oakham hmm. for pin fry. Yeah, I've, um, these two, two guys have been out today and they said some, they saw fish further out, which in their minds, I, I, I mean, I'd have to be there to confirm it, but they're, they're well respected anglers and said they look like they're chasing pin frogs and they're undulating around in circles yeah. rather than a steady rise if they yeah. were taking buzzers. It's a big difference to see it when hmm? it's happening, big difference, isn't it? Oh yeah, 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 it's a different Unmistakable. rise, but um, it's, um, it's exciting, but then you've got to try and plot which way that fish is going to go to next, rather than just not leaving it. Because you were working as a ranger here, hmm. do you get much chance to actually fish? Because when you time off, do you actually fish? Yeah, well, um, Ages, ages obviously caught up with me as it does with everybody. But um, I'm only part time now, so I get plenty of time to go oh, fishing. Yeah. And I'm um, I'm only at Edith Weston, so you, you can get you, you can yeah, walk it probably. Yeah. You can, you can, you you know you can be a bit blasé when when the water like is on your doorstep. But yeah. when the fish are on, it's like anything. Sometimes you get a phone call saying, "What's happening in fishing?" It's fishing really well at the moment. I'll come two weeks' time. So it might be all over. If you can get ASAP, do it. Don't hesitate. But it's no use waiting, you know, uh, for the buzzers to come and find out the buzzer patch for that year is finished. Yeah. You know, which happened to occur to a chap years ago. Do you know what? When we were we staying in um, Ockham, and we passed through Edith Western, is there a history behind that name? Is it a woman's name? It is, yeah. Um, if you go to the mini roundabout, there's a small plat there, um, and it's, 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 it's made, I think, I forget which period it was, I, I won't go into history too much, but uh, it, it was named after... A woman? Uh, yeah, a woman, yeah. Oh, and right. uh, obviously the name stuck, basically, oh, yeah. you know. Um, so will you do much fishing, no? This Because the next couple of weeks, this is going to get tough, isn't it? Well, I suppose if well, your pin is good. Get tough. This this reservoir's been fishing its head off for the, for the people like myself and many many more off around the bank, and they've also the same thing. I've never seen it like this ever before, because say you're not you're not you're not depend on these hatches that occur at the start of the season. It's tiny buzzers. They finish and the bigger buzzers come on. Which, to be honest, I haven't seen many big buzzers coming off at all. Seen the odd one, but nothing in great numbers. But these shrimp are, perm are permanently here, other than being the, obviously the ones not not getting eaten. They're always they're being you know, there's fresh ones coming through, and yeah. uh, I think the fish will stay the same. The weed might make a difference when, if it does happen, because obviously when weed comes to the surface, is it is it's, it's in big mats, it does retain a lot of heat, which in theory pushes it. To, but yeah, I can remember years ago, I hooked a fish on the end of a weed bed, and I stripped off this sort of weather. I thought I'm not losing. I stripped down to me boxer shorts of all things, waded out to it. But as soon as I waded through the weed. In the cooler, what felt cooler, open water. When I went through the weed, it was like 
it was like tap water, warm water I was walking through. It was a really weird sensation. I actually got the fish out as well, which was about two and a half pound rainbow. Nice. It was jammed in the weed. Uh, I've taken on a dry, but yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe feeling the weed, the warmth in the weed itself. But in the open water, the temperature was dropped. You pointed out to me when we were on the walkway going out to the jetty mm. today, the two different types of pen fry. Well, to me, I couldn't differentiate, only the size. Yeah. But you said because of the size, you knew which was which. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, I think the predator issue is, I mean, as regards fish pools, not necessarily uh, trout, but coarse fish, it's like pike spawn first, uh, then you, you perch, then your roach and your zander and stuff like that. But the perch always seemed to, to me, it looks like the hatching slightly before the roach. And I've actually witnessed a, a, a fish no more, minuscule, if you go in Oldman, like three quarter of an inch fish on, feeding on tiny fish for about a quarter of an inch. Wow, I didn't realise a different fish. Spawn at different times. Yeah, I mean the pike are very. Back to take up. I'm not talking about trout fish, trout, but pike. They're, they're the early spawn, isn't it? Seem to linger through. The bream are still pretty active. I saw some the other night in Fancy Island. I thought the trout. I thought there were too many of them. And then I realised, looking at the depth of them, they're definitely shoulder bream still hanging around. They're probably just cleaning themselves up now. Um, so the trout will take the perch fry as much as the. Yeah, the uh, years ago I can remember. A, uh, hooking a fish in East Creek just down the way from the lodge and um, I count, I actually, it was those days before fish were being killed and I actually, uh, sorry, fish were being killed rather, rather than catch release as we have now and this fish had got something like 52 inch perch in it. Wow. It was mental. It came up from a floating fry, took it and I missed it and it came on again. Now normally you don't get a second chance. But when I got home, I realised when I gutted it, how many fish were inside there. And so I got three um, sticklebacks, as must have been the uh, starter. I'm surprised of that, to be honest, because mm. there's, there's a, a taxidermist in Ireland yeah. who's done uh, one or two fish for me. And he said, of all the trout he's mounted, get it, and done the taxidermy on, mm -hmm. never has he had a perch in it. No, it's not different, different, different here. Yeah, and I, well, to be honest, I thought I could understand why I thought because you've got all spikes in it, even if you hold it sometimes, it'll hurt. Yeah, but I mean, if they, they're swallowing head first and the dorsal fin of the spikes is going backwards anyway, so they're going to down a lot easier. I have actually witnessed trout that have died, we had one a few many years ago now, Stuck. I couldn't see anything wrong with it other, other than being on its last legs, so I put it out of its misery about seven or eight pound fish. I knocked, knocked down there, took it in the gutter room. I, gutted it and there's the remains of look like a dorsal fin of a perch in its stomach lining and I think it had pierced oh, its stomach that? lining oh. and it looked like it had poisoned itself but um, Gordon Bloodworth all those years ago bought this trout and it was a double figure fish and I said I haven't caught it now I just said look what's in its throat and it was a I think I think I got the most pulled the perch out it was a 14 ounce perch 14 ounces rammed in its throat oh. yeah and this fish was double figure when he used to do the slideshows. Was it brown? Oh, yeah, definitely brown, yeah. Um, all those years ago when he used to do slideshows, I'd put like unusual pictures, like the picture of the reservoir being frozen over and stuff like that. And I said to somebody, anything wrong with this brown, you think? And someone said, yeah, it's dead. I said, no, besides being dead, I said, what's that fit? What's that sticking out of its mouth? And it was this 14 ounce perch. It was, it was, I think it was a 12 pound brown. There's no estimates of predators when they're eating food. Yeah. They, don't, they don't go around measuring tape thinking this is going to be... I suppose good. if you get stuck, because I, I did have a... I remember fishing Loch Lean in Ireland once, 
and uh, we were drifting. You could see this disturbance out in the, this bay, mm. and then we would walk uh, drifting towards it. And you could see it was a brown, it wasn't two pound even. Pound no, and no, a half. no, 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 no. And uh, it had a perch, probably about six inches, yep. head first in his mouth, and he just couldn't do nothing. So, because yeah. once it's in, you can't get it out then. No, 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 He's no, got to no. take it yeah, down. Yeah. But um, different case, you can see why they like the roach. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, probably the roach shoulders tend to be, well, unless they're really small posts, tend to be more in numbers. And um, they'll, they'll, they'll feed on anything, anything that's growing, yeah. Yeah. One of our browns in the, um, in the on the cases here, chophead on a black buzzer, and um, chop on Dave Dakers. I said, you got any Dave? He said, yes. Yeah. can come with you. So what do you want to look at? I just want to see what, what I always used to like to see, because you see on a regular basis, because big fish knocked on the head. There's no catch on it, very really good. And this, inside, although it was buzzer time, this had been feeding on buzzer. When he got to it, there was a half pound roach in it. Oh, was it? Per, uh, yeah. Half pound roach, yeah. 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 And that was its starter. Once, people always think it's a certain time of year for fry, fry feeding, but if those big fish know where the coarse fish are, even though technically or theoretically it's not yeah. fried time. I'd love to troll this place with a roach. <laughs> yeah. I bet you'd have a surprise. What, what I always say about this reservoir, as big as what she is, she has on most days got everything going for it. If not yeah. the angler. It's got everything going for the fish because you've got great depths out there. You've got averages of 40, 50 foot. You know, you know water's like chew and other shallow. I mean, I know some of the Scottish locks are deep, but sometimes presenting the biggest lure or fry pattern ever is is it's like a drop in the ocean no needle in the for, the, for the next couple of weeks now then what would be your top patterns as long as the fish still are still rising i'd still be using dries or or emerges or suspender hairs or this this shrimp pattern that's been evolved with uh, foam tied across the back and then tied rough the hairs here in it i tend to have a wide gold rib like the original well one of the original hairs yeah. it was like quarter fur, quarter gold, quarter fur, and then it just sits in the surface, not on the surface. And uh, it doesn't stick out like a suspender here, so, so if you move it, you can see it bow waving, but sometimes you see a rise. That's right, most of the fish today, yeah. suspender hairs, yeah. 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 But what about the pin fry? Would you have pin fry uh, Pin fry pattern, I still, I, I still use it, probably greased up hairs there. You know, it's a great all round pattern, spikier the better. Uh, stick to one fly as well, just in case there's a Double figure brown at the minute, knocking around the shoreline yeah. rather than fishing droppers. I know, like people like using droppers. The thing is, sometimes you'll get the big fish take the point fly or whatever, and then the small fish will grab the dropper, and then you you lose the big fish and end up with a. a What's your fish. biggest troll from you? It was a, it was a eleven and a quarter pound brownie. Wow! That was many years ago. I so said I've not trout fished throughout the season for twenty odd years now. And the biggest ever rainbow was an ounce under 11 pounds, and that was a grown on fish. That when I hooked it in Whitwell Creek, because Whitwell used to be a home of really seriously big fish, it took close in, but I just hung on. I wasn't playing. On a boat, no? No, both on the bank. All right. Yeah, yeah. near boat. I was more of a bank fisherman than I've ever been. But uh, this rainbow just took, it wasn't jumping, it was cartwheeling all over the place. I just had 12 pound double strength on, remember that stuff? And I played it in. But when double I went to net there. it, I was a bit disappointed because of its size, but then I realised there was a lump of weed had gone from head to tail, making it look shallow. Then when I took the weed off, it was a really, really deep fish. Yeah. I had it set up, and uh, a fiberglass cast made of it, but uh, it was £10.15. What did we catch it on? Floating fry. 
What was it? Oh yeah, even me, people used to say to me, all you do now is you fish play Japan at the end of the season. I said, well you're catching fish like this, I'm not going to put a black tadpole in to catch stockfish. Is that how you had the big brown as well? Both of them, yeah. I, I used, ah, I used right. to catch, I used to do art, done articles on various I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Floating fry. With regards to floating fry those years ago, I mean, to fish a fly static seems unreal to a lot of people, but doing nothing can provide a lot. Many, many yeah. years ago now, he'll be probably in his 40s now, but this, this lad with his dad then, he, he saw me catch this six pound rainbow. Clonking fish, really, went like a missile went, went off. And he turned around, he said to his dad, he says, Nigel wasn't doing anything then. I was, wasn't being clever. Because we were fishing, I was imitating a dead fish. I just, not sarcastic. Fish typically dry. I said, I said, dead fish don't swim. Just leave it and wait. And it's the amount of... Do you ever do that to Twitch it though? Oh yeah, of course do. Yeah, you, you sometimes, if you go to a fresh spot, like I was on about earlier on, going along the shoreline, I'd cast out over the weed, one, two, three, sharp pulls, then leave it. Right. And then sometimes response was straight away. Yeah, yeah. Well, if nothing happens, move, just keep moving. Do they smack it then, proper smash it, or is it just uh, yeah, gentle? It sometimes move? it's just a rolling sensation and it, it just tightens up and you, you know, I never strike it, I've never been a striker with fly, I've always pull. Oh, right, be like yeah. a strip strike with my pipe fly fishing, I pull. If I see a fish come over the over them dry, I pull. I don't, I've seen other people strike, some well-known anglers, we mentioned name, but he strikes and it, and it connects, but... I always think you've got a good chance of getting smashed off because the leverage between the rod that's at um, uh, horizontal to vertical, the amount of line that's being recovered in that when you strike is phenomenal. It's got to be, you know. But 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 they get they do it. But yeah. if I see a fish come up, I just pull. And, and yeah. In theory, if you're moving it and the flies moving, you're in contact. Yeah. So if a fish comes up to it, you do that. You never know for a fact that in that split second you've moved it slightly, whether you just move the fly to spur the fish on to take it. It's great, uh, but travel as if you're fishing a river on this reservoir. Because some of our regular years ago, you just go to the Norman Bank, stay in there all day, and expect something to happen. I can remember one day when I was out there, and I parked here, I fished from East Creek, and I went all the way down to the Blue Pipes. But every week, every patch of the weed, I was casting floating frog just to the other side of it. And every now and again, a fish would come up and take it, but they went dead, I moved and moved and moved got down to the bank where these regulars were all lined up chatting rather than fishing well they were fishing but talking um they said to me are you getting on Nigel I said I've been six and I went six how the hell have you done that and I told him so well, I saw where have you been and so I went through all the areas I'd actually been but I wasn't I was prepared to move go on the go on, what I call go on the attack go after the fish a bit like river fishing you don't stay in one spot all day you go on the hunt Quite, yeah. that, that's me what are you fishing just the, the, the hills and whales, really, the hill lakes. Mm. You just cast them all, cast them all. You're yeah. just covering yeah. fish yeah. all the time. Yeah. So it's a similar thing, I guess. Then. Yeah. But I remember, because one of the things I wanted to chat to you about when we were trying to arrange to do a podcast mm. last year, and you were saying, because I said, oh, I'm going to come back September, October. Mm. And you said, no, it's not the same as what it used to be. No, you, I mean, it was to be... December even. Stating things, what, not right, is, is it was fatal in some respects. I mean, I probably, I probably did say at the time, but I was, I, was, I was just on the edge of starting to fish the river systems for the pike. But being local, I was going down in the evenings, even though it was, it was 
November, you'd only get, you know, be getting dark by four o'clock. You get there about two o'clock. Where's this now? Yeah. On, on the dam, yeah. Oh, oh, um, right. with, with floating fry or suspender minky. On a dam? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favourites. It's The fish are not there this year. It's very unusual, very unusual. But there's some... You can fish off the dam? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can fish off there, yeah. But it's, oh. it's not for the faint hearts because of the rock formation and everything. But no, I've had some cracking fish. I've had, I've had um, I mean, a couple of years ago, I had a, a brownie about two metres from the shoreline. I see it come up and it took me dry and off it went. You know, it was great, great sport. But those fish in the wintertime or November time, uh, you'd, you'd be fishing, not always with the wind coming off your, off your shoulder, but these fish being flat calm, you'd see them come up behind the fry. And it was, um, you always got the Jaws music in the background, do, 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 and all of a sudden, the slow but sure, they make a, I wasn't stripping it, it was just a figure of eight in it, just bow waving it through the surface, and these fish were just like arrowing in, all bit haphazardly, as if it was being dragged all over the place, but then the, the line just goes solid. And I've always fished D-Bob, and if the fish came off, so what? I, you know, but uh, you know, you uh, fish a floating line, obviously. Oh, yeah, floating line, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How big are the flies you use? The um, I used to use the old Aberdeen, it was two hours, so they'd be quite big. Oh, right. But I did have a photograph many, many years ago of the, uh, the rainbow from East Creek again, five pound plus fish, with my, with my two size two o fry pattern next to the mouth of this trout had killed and spooned the fish, and my three inch. Two and a half, three inch perch was a lot smaller than the actual perch inside the fish. Already, yeah. So, yeah. I know you're saying things can change, but the thing is, everything's milder now. So, would you target the fish? Because this place is open, isn't it, all through December? Yeah, it opens all that. It stays open all the way into January. We only have a few people fishing in January, although sometimes, I mean, last year was, uh, I did a report from people, a couple of lads who were fishing our boat club. Tonight, they had some really, really good sport in December, but they had the place themselves, you know. it's Because uh, yeah. people think, oh, it's December, it's cold. You've got to remember this reservoir takes a long while to cool down, like it's yeah. a long while to warm up. So you've got to remember those factors. I mean, December, yeah, of course it's cold. The nights, the nights draw in about half past three, four o'clock in December. I fished it, I think it was the first week of September last year with Craig Barr. Mm. And we stayed by the tower in the North Arm. We yeah. didn't move. Yeah. We didn't move. No, no, That's no, all no. we did. Yeah. And... Uh, we had a couple of boats up to about, I think it was five and a half to yeah, six. Yeah, good, good fish. Sort of, that's sort of size, but they the fish, the, all browns, yeah, 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 yeah. all browns. Yeah. And they were, they were coming up and turning away, no end of times, coming mm. up and turning away, or you'd have them on. And yeah. So it goes to show the head of fish, whether or not they're there all the time, or just at that end of the year, they go towards that tower, I don't but know. That tower years ago, we had a survey, we had to do a survey because um, Grafram had contracted this killer shrimp. So John Marsh, my boss, then said, Nigel, you've got to go out with the angry water boffin to see if we've got it. So we went out, well, went out in the lunch, and he took a very fine mesh to scrape bottoms to see if he could pick the shrimp up. Didn't see any shrimp anywhere. Uh, so in many respects, that was a relief at the time because he didn't know what, yeah. how, what damage this killer shrimp was going to do. The, the, the rainbows and, and, and the trout graph them just loved the... the, the um, the shrimp itself. But, Good uh, feed, I suppose, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. You turn stone over it, grab from these loads. Anyway, we got on the way, went all the way down to Tim Upton from the tap. We went on the dam first with the scraper, checked it, no joy. Then we went down to Tim Upton, no good. But on the way back to the tower that you mentioned, the North Arm Tower, this was about September time. I'm looking uh, into the water and I thought, hang on, pin fry, this time you're September, so it's far too late. Said, and then then I looked again and the, the, the boffin confirmed, says that's the pink shrimp. 
So the pink shrimp's a free swimmer. In many respects, if you, if you, if you do a close-up, if you go on and take an image of a pink shrimp, look at it, it's more like a prawny shape rather than a shrimp as such, if that makes sense. Like our indigenous species, the gamerous, and then the, the demon, at, uh, the, the killer at Grafham, the demon at Rutland. And this is the pink shrimp, that's a free swimmer. Now, a few years later, record brown trout, which we've been looking at today, 17 pound four, I think it was, Tom Cooper, was caught by the tower. Was that was feeding on that pink shrimp allegedly, and probably, and probably, maybe some of the smaller fish like your perch and roach that feeding on the pink shrimp. You know, the vicious circle of uh, shrimp being eaten by small fish, small fish being eaten by trout, and then trout also swimming there. Because it, it just, it just in the water, it's, it's just, um, it doesn't, it doesn't theoretically hide like the, the demon and the killer. It's just, yeah. you can just swim through with your mouth open, a bit like a basking shark, yeah. you know, it's... Um, How big do you think they're in there? Brownies. Yeah. I'm Isn't surprised... Yeah, I would have thought so, but I'm surprised you've never been witnessed. I mean, you, there's well-known anglers who've caught some biggest big fish. Some people underestimate, some people over-exaggerate, but um, it's, it's just a mystery that Rutland is for many people, you know. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, like the, the ferrocks I'm catching, they're on pound roach. Hmm. Like those fish up there now, no doubt if there's 20, 25 pound trout in there, yeah. they're never going to be looking at the fly. Well, the, the thing is, uh, if I've never done it, I, if, if I think of a fish the rudder method all season now, with stupidly big flies, you would probably catch. Is that allowed now? Yeah, you can still rudder fish, yeah. It's not, not Does the, anybody do it? No, people rudder fish, but they don't. Rudder fish, I mean, uh, the old theory of the Bob Church way, the North Ant style, yeah. casting the boats going downwind. Uh, you can use the rudders going to follow the contours of the land. You're casting at right angles, so as yeah. the boat's moving on, that line's then gone down, it's going round an arc, and it goes back up to the boat. Yeah. It works very, very well. But no, most people nowadays, they just leave a line trailing out in the back and talk, and then tell me the rod's been pulled over the side by a rainbow. Yeah. Oh, I did it many, many years ago. I mean, like 20, mm. 30 years ago, maybe. I remember going to a, a do. There was a competition, and we were all at this presentation. Mm. And I was on the same table at the time. There was Bob Church was there. Yeah. A guy called Frank Cutler. Frank Cutler, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was Jeremy Ehrman as well next to me. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we were talking, and then I was... I, I, I'm not sure what he was trying to keep it quiet, but Frank Cutler was talking to this guy. I don't know who he was. Mm. And he was, and I was like a, a sponge, like a magnet, trying to listen to yeah, what he yeah, was yeah. saying. And because uh, he, he was catching them, a lot of them on the rudder. Yeah, yeah. And what he was saying, how much truth in this, I don't know. Um, but he said, from the tower to the other tower, yeah. there's a big pipe, straight yeah. pipe. He said, yeah. it goes from one to the other tower. Yeah. I can believe that. Where's this Grafham? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The North Arm Tower going to the tower in the corner of the dam. Yeah. 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 And he said, uh, it's not on the bottom, it's raised. But yeah. he said it's full of, of fry. Yeah. He said a roach, you can yeah. imagine that. Yeah. So he says what he does, he, he just goes on the rudder, just in a straight line from mm. tower to tower. Yeah. Well, not he was doing it, but then afterwards I thought, I'm going to have a bit of this. As soon as I went home, I made a rudder. And I, I got this clamp, and I, it was in October time. And I drove all, up, all the way up here with my friend and down in one day. And... Uh, and he was like blowing the gale, tipped the marine, nothing. I haven't tried it since. But 
There's another guy, Toft. He does a lot of big fish, doesn't he? Toft is the premier big fish man now at Rutland. He's, he's come he doesn't fish a rod as well, no? No, 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 no. He, he fishes the humongous a lot, but people uh, think that's all he does. Toff is very good at nymph fishing and dry fly fishing, I can assure you that. He catches a lot of really good fish. He had a number of fish at the start of the season, I think 50 plus, and I think he's, had, he's gone over five pounds, and it's gone past that now. But um, no, he's, he said his ambition this year was just, just merely to catch a 10 pound brownie on a buzzer. Because no, Graham, Graham uh, Haywood, uh, he went out a few years ago and he went to Hideaway Bay, and I thought, I think you'll do all right, because you know the boat in there. I think he had a 13, I think it was a 13 pound Did he? Yeah. On a buzzer? Mm. How does it work then with the rudder then? You just drift, you're free drifting, but, but nose first, bow first. Yeah, you bow first, but obviously you can control, you can follow the contour of the land if you wish. Some people just go on a straight line. Yeah. But if you're following the contour, theoretically you, you come to Keeping shallow, depth, deeper. Yeah. You know, and then, I mean, using various lines from the old lead core, um, shooting head and stuff like that. Yeah. But you don't, see, you don't see nobody fishing like that anymore. Fred Wagstaff was renowned for it. But the thing is, those days, I mean, with the brown trout conservation, I know browns were killed whatsoever. They'd come in with like 16 browners, yeah. four or five pound fish. I mean, some people caught that many in one season. They even bought another freezer to put the fish in. It was just a mentality, what it was. And that was the rule, it was eight fish kill, irrespective. Then people got to, well, let's stop putting one or two browns back. And that's that stuck. When it comes to pike fishing here, hmm. like in Chew, near me, um, they have pike days there, yeah. there's pike anglers going mm -hmm. on. You don't push that here. You don't do the same. Well, it's changed quite a bit because this year we've had two days, um, sorry, three day competition for low fishing, uh, which is to, to the rules. It didn't start till September, but uh, the company decided to have a three day match here uh, um, two weeks ago, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, the, the equipment they've got nowadays, you know, spot locks, uh, uh, the, the iPod and stuff like that. And the fish finders um, yeah. screened. You can actually dictate what. Did they get any big fish? Yeah, yeah. Did they? Yeah. If you if you can pick these fish up on the screen, except the eye pilot, which which is basically an electric anchor. What's an eye pilot? Eye pilot. Well, if you if you if you see the old American fishing of like electric out, outboard on the bow of the boat, it looks it's it's an it's a it's a bow so, mounted electric engine, but it's a it's it's an electric anchor. So if you're going along with your fish finder, you see, certain, let's say a group of fish that you think they're big, big pike or zander or whatever perch. You switch the eye pilot on, that will hold you in station. Wow. Yeah. If a wave comes along, push the boat away, it will adjust itself and go straight back to that spot you pressed on the screen. It's it's an amazing bit of kit, but like I was surprised. I went um, to Grafham last, I think it was December, with David Hoppy. Yes, yeah. Zander fishing. Yep. I know and, David. Uh, he said, well, we'll give it a try. I said, yeah, okay. And the gear the, the guys had Oh, there, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a, it was a funny sort of day. It was, a, it, was a, it was a crap day. And it was one of those misty, dark days, right? And it hung there. It was mm. a dirty, dark day. Mm. And it was a glass. Yeah. Flag hand. Yeah. And all the boats are out because they have certain days for it. Yeah. And there's one fish caught, because you do need wind, don't you? Yeah, to, to keep the boat yeah, moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, 
But I, I had the one hit, which I'm surprised he even had. And he was on for like, I don't know, five, ten seconds. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. Yeah. But they're a funny looking fish. They're a very impressive fish. It's any sign, but when you see a big one, you, you appreciate the, the aggressiveness of its look. But I would never class a Xander as a hard fighting fish. I mean, people catch these fish on the seven, but if you're catching, let's say, or even on the River Trent, let's say you're a double figure fish, well, they are combating the flow of, of the respective rivers to their advantage, so you even find it. But I'd class, I'd class the take as a Xander as very, very aggressive. You know, they've got two sets of petrels, two large, very large dorsal fins. But they don't, they're not great battlers. Mm. I'd, I'd never say I've had a cracking fight from a Xander. They, they will hit the, 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 the take, if you, obviously, if, if the fingers are really vicious, to say the least. Yeah. The fight is very much secondary, you know. What he was saying, you, there's more chance of catching a Xander here than Graffin, but Graffin got the bigger ones. If I, was go, if I wanted a big Xander, I'd go to Graffin. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, that would be a goal for me now this winter. We yeah. can have a, yeah. another couple of days yeah. there. You see, the potential here is always, say, Grafton's got some deep, definitely got deep water, but here it's got extensively deep water, you know. Um, if somebody said to me, there's a predator, I'm not so much feeding on trout when we go, if you're a pike fisherman, I'd say go in the main basin, because there's normally stacks of trout in there, but you're talking uh, the tower in the main basin, on the map, you're looking at to the right of it, you've got over 100 feet in old money. If you're new to this podcast, consider becoming a Patreon where you will get weekly podcasts as a chat with some of the biggest names in the sport. Some reservoir anglers, including Greg Barr, Gareth Dixon, Russell Owen, Simon Kidd, John Horsey, David Hoppy, Mark Regan, Jason Williams, plus much more. So visit patreon.com forward slash casting with Kerry Jones. Or if you're interested in my guided and tuition packages, visit castingwithkerryjones.com. How did you start fishing then? Well, we've got to, got to get in touch with him because we've not fished now for when this guy put that chap named Paul Smith. We've not fished for about 40, 40 odd years. Great trout fishing. Wow. And they first got into maggot drowning, like catching gudgeon and roach and stuff like that. Are you originally from here then? I, I'm, I was born in Nottingham but lived in Leicester most of my life and that's where I met Paul. But uh, we, um, we started pike fishing the friend's range with dead baits and stuff like catching pike and then the Xander, which were pretty new then, them days. And then on the way back, once we stopped off at Ibrook to wonder what all this fly fishing business was about. Well, at Ibrook, there's an island there, and there's a style we went over there. We walked down to this bloke who's fishing, not realising we are in danger of ourselves by being hit by the fly. We thought, bloody hell, he's dangerous, because obviously, if you've got 20 yards of fly land in front of you, that's also behind you as well. So we then decided to take fly fishing, but we bought the necessary kit from the local course fishing shop. We've got the right kit. We went to... Um, a um, gravel pit and thrash the, the not so much the water to a phone. We were catching the fly in the back, catch for crawling, probably going too far. No, no videos them days or uh, instructional courses. And uh, but we got into it, and the very first fish was at the Ibrook. I've still got the baby dollar caught it on. Baby dollar. It was right back, right at the top end in the shallow water. And after the umpteen cast, I went to lift the fish out, the fly out of the water. It wouldn't come out. Then I realised I got my first trout, which was a brownie. It was about a pound, you know. But we stuck to ever since. We got into buzzer fishing, and uh, we used to troll round here with whiskey flies, fasting lines on yeah. rowing boats, going round the main basin. But then we got into dries and nymphs, and we never looked back. It was, it, we, we we caught a lot of fish together. It really, really was. But uh, 
Yeah. I, so I, many flies we had years ago, but people don't even think of them. No, this is it. There's always a progression, and there's some there's some quite amusing stories of people saying, I've devised a new fly, and you think it looks like a beaver to me. You know, the official yeah. beaver? He said, yeah, but it's got red tine thread underneath it. I said, well, you can't see the red tine thread because yeah. you've got black chenille all over it. And it's, uh, yeah. there's always people who want to yeah. make an impression with the fly tine and everything. I was talking to guys today, actually. I said, fish don't chase like they used to. But I'm thinking to myself, it's probably it's because we don't fish the same as we used to. We used to fish the muddlers, appetizers. Yeah, well, wet fly fishing. I'm, I'm yeah. starting to see dibbling flies, one, two, lifting one, two, People three, four, though, back out and go. You'd look to swallow sometimes when they're around and creating them. Yeah. But great exciting sport. And it, I mean, those days before triploids, I mean, I, I, uh, they're all they're all um, uh, diploid fish, male and female. Well, yeah. mainly female rainbows rather than the diploid, you know, the brown, the cock, fish, the, the cock hen and the cock and hen brown trout that used to be around. But that used to be a sight behold at the end of the season Normanton Bank those browns used to come in trying to spawn they never did succeed but you see huge fish but black as your hat but people still yeah. knocked them on the head and they're either full of milt or full of eggs but you see some double figure fish thrashing about leaping yeah and uh, well at the end of this year you know, mm. I will be up for a, a couple of days mm. and I'm going to pick your brains and fish the bank yeah I will yeah and see what hotspots you think is worth fishing mm. And get into something, nothing too big, you know. It'd be nice to have like a six, seven pound fish or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. On those floating fries. Yeah. But have you got any goals this year? No, I never have. I mean, I'm not a goals person, I just like my fishing full stop. I mean, uh, big or small, if you like to catch big fish, everybody does. But um, the, the, the adage of always fish for a lifetime, you think, well, steady on, you've only just been fishing, blah, blah, blah. But um, no, as regards goals, um, I had my 100th pike over 20 pound last year. On the fly. Hundreds what? Hundreds pike over twenty pounds on the on the fly. Have you? Yeah, I've, I've been fishing twenty years. So it, on the fly. Yeah, yeah. So that was that, and um, yeah, people said, "Oh, well done." But it was it wasn't a goal. It just just kept yeah. coming along. I kept record. It was just kind of on the day I was fishing. It was just a basic um, venue, fish court number, whatever. But no, I just like I just like the 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 thrill of seeing fish take the fly sometimes pike even you know on the hang memorable you know but see a big trout roll over it. i mean i say i'm not trout fish consistent but, but sometimes i think we'll have a go for the trout flavor for fans i went to one of the old, the old haunts uh, three years ago over ernie's point and um the bloke fishing on ernie's point but i was fishing just inside of it then he moved around a little bit more but i was casting fry no more than about three yards out and then maybe a bit more but not much and I just saw this floating fry, just leaving static, take it, tying into it, nine, nine and a half pound brownie. Wow. Cracking fish. I was really pleased with it. What time of year was this then? Uh, might have been September. Wow. <laughs> what have been all about? I mean, early morning? See? Early morning? No, no, no. It's, it's, no I don't, don't do many early mornings nowadays. It's probably about, what time would it be? About four or five o'clock. Really? Mm. I can imagine it's a special place to fish the bank. It's a special place now. We're like we're sitting here now on like the veranda, looking out. We've seen mm. anglers come in, sun's starting to go down. Mm. There's a competition out this evening as well, isn't there? Yeah, it's our um, it's Tuesday boat club night, which is uh, not necessarily locals. It's, up, it's very much open to everybody. And um, it's a one fish kill, but they're allowed to uh, catch eight. They can carry on after it, but we're only allowed eight, we're only allowed eight fish maximum. 
and do away and have a, have a bit of a chinwag and start telling stories from yesteryear and tell us another yeah. story and I was like, oh, here we go. Um, but no, then we, the, some of them order food thing, but I've got to go home tonight and cook food because I've, I've got it being delivered by um, the local chippy. And then we have a, a cold drink, whether it's uh, water, but more likely beer than most people. And a, a good chinwag. So yeah, it's, um, it's it runs for about 12 weeks, basically. It's an ideal place to work though, you feel lucky though. Yeah, yeah, it can be interesting <laughs> in many ways. Working with the fishermen, I love, love doing the fishermen, but uh, working with the general public can be quite interesting. Uh, there's some really strange comments at times. Now, you probably realise that Rutland was in, in the middle of England, or the country, England, yeah, okay, yeah. so. Uh, one lady, bless her, she um, looked at the water levels, this was summer, so the water had gone down a bit through consumption and whatever, the hot weather. And she looked where the water was now to where the water had been. And she said, excuse me, is this tidal? <laughs> uh, I said, no, but just in case, don't park your car too near to the shoreline in case it comes back in my <laughs> way. But yeah, it's amazing. Uh, uh, the classic, we can see the church that's underwater. I thought, well, that would that be possible if it's underwater? <laughs> well, I thoroughly enjoyed the chat. No problem. But there's one more question I want to ask, which you ask everyone. Mm -hmm. Where would you want to be to make your last cast? Where would you want to be make the last cast? Oh, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Probably the dam. <laughs> Rutland Dam. Yeah, as unsociable as it is because it's formation, but uh, there's some very memorable fish there. I've had my biggest ever brown from there, in fancy. And, um, uh, but yeah, it's. Um, it's one place where you can hunt fish, like sometimes you come on the river, sometimes they're that close in. But fishing with Dave Doherty Curley over the years ago, we were like two, two, two animals on the heat, um, and um, we were clambering up and down. We were always breaking the deck trying to cover these fish. In the end, it's a and just wait for them to come through and cast these fish. No pin for our feet. Fantastic. Okay. Well, next time, perhaps we'll have a, a couple of hours with a rod or even maybe uh, over a pint or two, maybe next time. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more, please consider becoming a Patreon. We will get weekly podcasts and access to over 125 episodes, behind the scenes photography to go with each episode, plus other exclusive content and prizes. To become a Patreon, visit patreon.com forward slash casting with Kerry Jones. Or you can find the link on my website, castingwithkerryjones.com. That's all for now. Tight lines, and don't strike too soon.